this church had a garage sale last year. And the announcement went out like, so we'll start the garage sale at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what? 6 in the morning? Who's going to come at 6, 6 in the morning? I was a little skeptical. But then it turns out that when I came around 5, 5.30 to prepare and to set up, there are people lining up before we even started. <laughs> and they were asking, can we buy the stuff before you start? Like, uh, no. <laughs> so it was... I was kind of shocked to see that people will come looking for a good deal, even at like 6 in the morning. So I was surprised, but I think what they do is they buy something and they go and sell it somewhere else. So they want to get the best deal and a good price, in a good price. We'll talk about treasure today. Um, the best treasure that I have found in my life um, is my wife, actually, <laughs> besides Jesus. <laughs> but um, what treasures have you found, and um, what, what are you looking for in your life? I want to read from Matthew 13, 45 and 46, the scripture reading that we just had. And the Bible reads, 13. When I read the parable, is that the merchant found the greatest treasure, the fine pearl, and he went, sold everything he had, and he bought the pearl. Maybe we are still looking for the treasure, still looking for Jesus, the treasure. Or maybe we have found him, but have we sold everything we have? And have we bought the treasure, Christ Jesus? Have we bought the salvation yet? Do you have the treasure? Are you really happy? Are you joyous because you have found the treasure and you, you have it in your position now? Maybe many of us, since we are sitting here, maybe we have found him already, but maybe we are still at the stage where we haven't gotten rid of everything yet. We haven't bought him yet. We have found him not in our position yet. I don't know where we are, but this parable is challenging us to find Jesus and have him in our possession. Have you gone looking for something, something valuable, something rare? My family was um, having a vacation in um, Honolulu, Hawaii, and we were walking on the street, and there was uh, a sign saying, buy pearls or, or something. Um, I wasn't really interested because, you know, like people try to sell things on the street, but JJ, my son, was very interested in finding a real pearl. So I said, like, can we try? Can we buy something? And like, well, I don't know. But he, he insisted. So, okay, let's just go and try. So what it is is that probably you've seen that too, but if you go pick a live oyster, they guarantee that you will find a pearl there inside. Um, they don't guarantee what size, what color, what, what shape it is, but as long as you find a pearl, which is a real pearl, farmed, but a genuine pearl, if you don't find one, they'll give you another oyster to choose and until you find one. So we paid, I don't know, 10 or $15, and he, op he picked an oyster, he opened it up. Guess what? 
there were two pearls inside. <laughs> but he got lucky, and he, he, he still has those two pearls. They are not the biggest. They're, they're small, but still, he had two pearls, genuine pearls, even though they were farmed. So he was very happy about that. I was happy about that, too. <laughs> uh, but something unique about this pearl. Um, pearl is um, it's something very interesting. I'll show you what it is. Something you find in an oyster or a shell or something. Did you know that no human technology can reproduce a pearl outside of an oyster or shell? We can fake it, make something similar, but it's not the same. And did you know that it takes a long time for a pearl to grow? Do you know how it's made? It's caused because of an irritation inside of a seashell or an oyster, a pearl oyster. A grain of sand or some kind of bacteria goes in and, and the, the oyster is irritated. It can't stand it anymore. So it will produce some kind of, some kind of fluid, some kind of enzyme to, to cover up the pain so that it will not have that pain anymore. It covers up, covers up more and more. And the pearl grows, do you know how fast it grows? It grows one millimeter per year. So if you find a pearl that's about 10 millimeter in size, that meant it was in there for how long? 10 years. In other words, for, for you to find a pearl about half an inch size, it takes about 13 years A pearl to going, going through that pain and suffering of, oh, this is too painful, I want to cover it up. And the bigger the pearl gets, the more painful it is. So it's covering up even more and more. That's, that's how we get pearls. Now, did you know that pearls have different sizes, different colors, and different shapes? Here. Now, I don't even know the colors of all these, but one uh, silver color, gray color, one uh, pinkish, greenish, darker, gold color. There are all different kinds of color in pearls. So the price of a pearl is determined depending on the shine, the color, the shape of a pearl. So something like what JJ found was like $10, $15. <laughs> cheap. But did you know a pearl could cost so much more than what you can imagine? I'll, I'll show you that of a rare pearl later on. But so these are some pearls. Some are much bigger than the other. Some are different color, different shape, and like they, they don't look like pearls. They, they look like rocks to me or like gemstones to me, but that's how they are. And this one that I want to show you right now that I uh, want to introduce to you is it's called um, conch, conch pearl, like a pinkish color. So the set, um, the one, the big one in the middle, and the similar size on both sides. So like a necklace and two earrings. Um, that is called a rare pink or conch pearl. Can you guess how much they cost? Not including the diamonds or the jewelry, but the, the raw pearls themselves. Do you know how much they cost? 
two grand, okay? Any other guess? So they cost, the raw pearls themselves cost about $400,000. They're pretty, yeah, definitely they're pretty. So the pearls, next time you go, maybe you should try looking for some kind of oyster to see if you can find a pearl like that. But these kind of pearls like, are so rare, and they're compatible to the Burmese rubies or the blue diamonds. They're so rare. Or they are compatible to the paintings like of Picasso or Van Gogh. That, that's how rare they are. So the pearls are really, really interesting. And the, the pearls that the pearl that Bible talks about here is probably one of those, like really rare, something very precious, that something that you can't really find. You have to spend all you have to buy. That's the kind of pearl the Bible is talking about. And if you read the Bible, there are two parables right before this verse. There is another verse, parable talking about the parable of a... Uh, uh, someone who is digging up the ground to find a treasure. And this parable comes right after. So these two parables talk about um, something similar, a little different. The man in the field, he didn't know what he was going to find. He didn't even know that he was going to find a treasure. So he digs up, but when he went over, something felt like a rock. He stopped and he dug it up. When he realized it was a treasure, what, what did he do? He went, he covered it up, he went, he sold everything he had, and he bought the land, and eventually he got the treasure. Whereas in this parable of a merchant, he is deliberately looking for a fine pearl. He's traveling around the world looking for it. But once he found it, what did he do? Same thing. He went sold everything he had, and he bought it. So these two stories represent these two different kinds of people. One didn't know he was going to find the treasure. But when he stumbled upon the treasure, he did all he could do to grab it. Whereas in the other story, he was looking for the treasure and found it and, and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Now, which group are you? Did you stumble into the truth? Or did you deliberately um, try to find the truth? Were you born into church? Or did you find the church later on? Did you choose to find, did you choose to have Jesus as your personal savior? Or did you just grow up in this church and it became naturally part of your life? Either way, what these two people have done is that they have done their best, all they could do to grab hold on to the treasure. Now, are you holding on to the treasure? The funny thing is that in both cases, they sold everything they had to get the treasure. I don't know how much it costs, how much it costed in the story, and I'm not saying that you can buy salvation with money. I'm not saying that. But it requires your total sacrifice. You have to give up everything you have to find or to get this treasure. 
Did you, did you sell everything you have? Are you giving up everything you own to find this treasure or to buy this treasure, this, this salvation? That's what it costs, everything you have. So what is your treasure? What does the Bible say the treasure is? In Colossians 2.3 says, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, which is Jesus. Do you have this, this treasure? And verse 46 says he had everything. He sold everything he had. Yes, it requires everything you have, all the sacrifice that you can make in your life to have Jesus, to have Christ. I'll tell you a story of somebody, and I'll tell it in a first-person's narrative form. I was a lonely boy in a poor neighborhood, born in a slum. My dad, uh, I hated poverty, I tried running away from poverty, but it came back to devour me. My dad was an alcoholic. I was so scared when he was drunk. Can you relate to that? Do you know what that means? My brother was a drug addict. He had no purpose in life. Mom was the only one who was working to feed the poor family. My family was hopeless. She was a garbage collector. I was ashamed of her. I didn't tell my friends about my mom much. One day, I was playing in the dirt and empty playground by myself because other boys, other kids in town would not play with me because I was a poor, poor kid. They were playing soccer on the other field, but I wasn't, I, they didn't let me play. But that day, a ball was rolled over to me by an accident. And I kicked the ball to them, and I felt really good kicking that ball. So I went to mom and said, Mom, I want to play soccer. Can you please find me a team so I can play? Guess what she said. Son, I would love to have you play in a soccer team, but we can't afford it. It's too expensive to play in a team or to pay for your monthly fee, something. I was so disappointed, but they kept trying. Mom and I, we both tried, tried to find a team. Eventually, I joined a team, but nobody would pass the ball to me because I was poor. But who cares? I mean, I don't care if nobody passes the ball to me. I am playing out, out in the field and running around. After the game was over, I would stay behind and I would clean the soccer balls and I would fix the soccer shoes and, and that's how I would pay for the membership fees to play in the soccer field. But one day, I was diagnosed with something called a racing heart. What that means is that my heart was pumping twice as fast as other normal kids, meaning that I had to give up playing soccer. Otherwise, my heart will, will pop, will burst, playing out in the field. I was desperate. I couldn't play anymore. But luckily, 
it could be solved with a surgery. If I have a surgery, heart surgery, and after physical therapy, I could still play, not as good as before or other kids, but I could still play. The problem was, the problem was money. They didn't have a lot. We, my family didn't have money to pay for the operation. Well, hearing the story, my dad and my brother both heard this, and they both got a job, and they worked hard. We saved money. About a year after, we saved enough money to have the operation. The day of operation, I went in in the morning, early in the morning, and I came out late afternoon. The surgery went well. I went through the physical therapy, and sometime later, I recovered, and I went out to play out there in the field. I was so happy to run again. I couldn't run as fast. I couldn't run as much before, like before, but I was still happy to just play outside in the field. I kept practicing. I kept running. I kept playing in the soccer, in the soccer team. The time went on, and I joined Sporting Club de Portugal, which is a club, and it's a Portuguese multi-sports club based in uh, Lisbon, the capital city of Portugal. On his debuting game in 2003 with the Sporting Club de Portugal, the fans filled the stadium and supporters and sports reporters, flashing lights, there were a bunch of people, famous soccer team scouters were all there and my dream came true. Even though people didn't, my team members didn't pass the ball to me, I still was so happy. If I can run out there and play soccer, and if I die from a heart, my heart failing me and, and bursting, I'll be content because my dream had come true. I went out there and I played all I could. I, I gave my best as if this is my first and the last game. I had a really good time playing. After the game was over, I got a call. He introduced himself as a manager of another soccer team wanting to scout me. I was trembling in awe. The manager who called me was no other than Alex Ferguson from Manchester United, the best known manager of all times. I called my mom right away. I couldn't say the words. I was sobbing. And I told mom, mom, you don't have to collect garbage anymore. She was speechless, crying over on the other end of the line. This is how a poor and lonely boy with a heart problem, with a pair of worn soccer shoes with holes, who would clean up the soccer balls and fix other soccer shoes, became known to be Cristiano Ronaldo. For those of you who do not know him well, he's one of the best soccer players in the world, besides or Lionel Messi. I don't know if you like Ronaldo better or Messi better. <laughs> but these two, um, I don't think anybody will argue. These two are one of the best soccer players in the world. He played in the same team with Captain Jisung Park for those 
or Korean fans. <laughs> and Manchester United paid Ronaldo 12.24 million pounds in season 2003 and 2004, which is the most expensive amount any soccer team paid a teenage soccer player back then. Now they pay more for other people, but back then he, was, he, he broke the record. According to NewYorkPost.com, highest paid athlete in 2017 are number four is Roger Federal. He got paid $63 million in that one year. Number three is Lionel Messi. He got paid $80 million in that year. Number two is, any guess? <laughs> LeBron James, which got, who got paid $86.2 million. And number one is Cristiano Ronaldo, which got paid $93 million. Well, I picked 2017 because 2018, the number has changed, and he's not number one anymore. <laughs> so I picked 2017. But he still is number three or so. He um, gets paid the most. Uh, he got paid the most in 2017, and he still is, is getting paid so much. But did you know that this guy, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, this is a picture of him when he was a little boy, and this is a picture of him and his mother. You know, he donates a lot of money to charity and to other things. I found out that he donated more money, he donates more money than all the Korean population combined. 50 million Koreans combined, he, he donated more money um, in one year. He, he shoots public free advertisements. He donated $30 million to Somalia. He supported UNICEF, World Vision. He does a lot of things for charity work. LA Times says that when Ronaldo was asked to donate items to a charity auction in 2014, he learned it was intended for a, a 10-month-old boy needing a brain surgery. He privately went on the side and he gave, not only giving his boots and his shoes and his signed jersey to the team um, or to the people donating money or, or raising money, collecting donations, but he quietly wrote a personal check for $83,000 to cover the operation. Also offered to pay for the follow-up treatments costing $8,000 per visit. Personal check. You can find it in LA Times. Tattoo is a well-known thing among athletes. They have tattoos all over the place to show to have their character and whatnot. Ronaldo has no tattoos because if you get a tattoo, you cannot donate blood for a while. So he refuses to get a tattoo to give blood regularly. For the same reason, he does not smoke because he cannot. He doesn't want to give blood uh, with, the, with the smoking. He doesn't drink because it reminds him of his dad who died of alcohol. So how great of a soccer player like him was picked up by a manager like Ferguson, the world's best player, the world's best manager. 
This reminded me of how Jesus would go around looking for the best pearl to find. Someone who is unknown, had no name. Someone came from a poor village that no one would pass a ball to. But he, when, he saw how, when, when Ferguson saw how Ronaldo, Ronaldo played, said, that's him. He went and picked him up. And now he is one of the best players in the world. Just like that, Jesus would go around, find you and me, and saying, I want you. I want you to be my child. I want you to be in my kingdom. I want to save you. Do you want to be found by Jesus? Jesus has already found you. That's why you are here. Now, do you want to find Jesus, the greatest treasure of this world, of your lifetime? Just like the stories that we have read in the Bible, just like the person digging up the ground, just like the person, the merchant, looking for the fine treasure, it's our job to find a treasure. And when we find a treasure, grab hold onto it. Because if we do not, then we will lose him. Jesus found all of you to be here? Or is he still looking for you? How many of you want to search and find the greatest treasure, Jesus? I mean, I pray that we all will find the greatest treasure, Jesus, and we will keep him in our heart. Because when we do, then we will realize this greatest treasure that we have found is all we need. And when we go to heaven, then we will realize that this greatest treasure that we have found is not what we have done. He has found us first. And we will realize that when we go to heaven. Have you found your treasure yet? Have you sold everything to buy the greatest treasure that we have? If we haven't, I challenge that we all, all of us will give, give all we have, sacrifice all we have to find the value of the treasure. If you have not grabbed this treasure yet, maybe we have not found the real value of the treasure that we have found. Because Jesus that we know, if we think this is still not yet the most important thing in our lives, and this world is still tempting, maybe we haven't seen the value yet. I pray that we see the true value of this treasure and we'll hold on to this, this treasure, the, the greatest pearl in our lives. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, thank you for finding us. Thank you for searching the garbage dumpster, searching the place in this world where there is sin everywhere, where no one else cares to look, you have come down to this world to find us, find me. Lord, but you, have, you kept bringing me back to this call to be a pastor. Lord, you have called all of us to be here. And Lord, it is now our turn to find you, the greatest treasure of this life, of our lifetime. Help us to sacrifice all we have because that's what it costs 
Help us to give all we have to find you, to hold on to you. And if we have not found the value yet, if we have not seen the value yet, Lord, we pray that you will help us to see, help us to open our eyes to see the great value in you, the salvation. Help us to give all we have so we can have you, the salvation, Jesus, in our heart. Bless us, Lord, that we could have you in our lives. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.